Okay, you're listening to the Blue Room on um, on on the podcast. Uh, I keep on going to say the radio station's name. <laughs> uh, it's just myself and Matt Jones doing a, a bit of an impromptu one uh, after the absolute disgrace of Wednesday night and on the eve of what could be one of the biggest games in Everton's recent history. Uh, well, it is. Simply how we handle that is another matter, uh, which we'll go on to discuss. Uh, Matt has put out a few questions on... Well, a few questions. We've asked for your questions on Twitter, what we should talk about, uh, the obvious being the uh, the absolute uh, car crash that was Wednesday night, but some really interesting questions which we'll get onto a little bit later, but we'll get into just a general chat to start off the show. Uh, Matt, that was probably one of the worst I've seen in my time. Well, I say one of the worst. I'm calling it the worst. I mean, we've seen Mike Walker... Which was when the start of when mm. when I sort of started getting into footy when I was a kid. Um, we've seen Howard Kendall's third stint. We've seen Walter Smith. Um, we've seen dark days under Moyes, but none of them, none of them compare to what we witnessed on on Wednesday night for me. No, and you you look at the the four nil a couple of years ago, and I've seen a few people comparing this game to that one. But I feel as though this was a lot worse in terms of. On that night, at least we went to Anfield and tried to have a go a little bit. We, we, you know, we we smuggled them a little bit with the ball. We we got picked off on the break. Mm. Where is this after the first twenty minutes? When we I thought we started quite well in fairness. You know, we were counter attacking quite cleverly. It just didn't really have a little. We didn't really have that care in the final ball. Mm. But after that, we just sagged back, and it was just kind of waiting for for them to score a goal. And, and they could have scored a few times before they actually did in the end. And it's just the most the most annoying thing for me about it all was just. You hear Klopp after the game, and he said it was easy. I'd like to say it was hard, but it was it was actually quite easy. And you mm-hmm. see him having a laugh on the sideline, looking at Lucas Lever taking shots from from thirty yards out, and the Liverpool fans all having a good time. And when 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 they've got sympathy for you, I know I know it, it's quite patronising, isn't it? And it, it makes you feel a little mm-hmm. bit sick. You think I don't want sympathy from Liverpool fans. I want them to to not want to play us. I want them to think we're a horrible team. Who gets under the skin and goes to Anfield and has a go? I, I but, mean, I've done I've done a few pieces this week, um, various things across the station, and um, obviously I'm good friends with the Anfield rapper. I've mm-hmm. done a couple of pieces with them, and I, I, Jürgen Klopp hit the nail on the head in his post-match comments when he said, "Pat, I think he said something on the lines of the Liverpool fans couldn't quite enjoy it as much as they probably should, mm-hmm. given how fact uh, how how easy it was." Sorry, it does to, to, to steamroll it. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be gutted. Because yeah. that that would that even though it's a four 0 win and it was an easy four 0 win, they had an opportunity there to score seven eight nine against us mm. on on their on Wednesday and they should have done. And if it goes to the end of the season, they you know they they miss out on something on goal difference. They'll probably you know be, yeah. be left to ruin because that that's how bad Everton were on the night. Yeah. And before the game, like I, I was trying to make out to a lot of supporters, like I, I wasn't really uh, I wasn't really that fussed about it. You know, we've got Wembley. Mm. He's probably going to play a weakened team, but. When it came to eight o'clock on um, on Wednesday night, you thinking you thinking to yourself, oh, you know, we've got a strong team out. You never know, we might we might go there and show up. But to turn in that performance was just remarkable, and it was just indicative to me of a of a group of players who have got no belief in the the ideologies being put forward by the manager, and indicative of a manager who's got such a cluttered mind and such a, a, a lack of support it seems from the players, and people have been reading into. Ross Barkley, the way he slumped off the pitch, Leighton Baines, obviously that clip of him rolling his eyes on the sidelines. And, you, you know, you can take what you want from mm. them. But when those instances are supplemented by that kind of performance, you put two two to get two and two together, you do think, 
oh, he's playing for him anymore, and all the signs are, they're not. Yeah, it was also humiliation. Uh, and, and I think, going back to what I was saying about Klopp, uh, I think a lot of Liverpool fans were almost embarrassed by the simplicity of it. Mm. And, and it, I think Jonathan Northcroft tweeted after the game saying Jürgen Klopp still hasn't experienced the Merseyside derby. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not crying it in, but you know, I've got friends who've said to me, I don't take as much joy in that as maybe winning one on, you know, when Moyes and we, we turn up, we'd have some heart and passion. But Liverpool will generally always get the result against us because our yeah. records are pulling in derbies anyway. Um, at least then there was some pride in the shirt, and, and, and that, that was, was I've never seen anything like it, but to be quite honest, um, in terms of team selection, I actually think he got it right as mm-hmm. well. I've got to be honest, I thought when I seen that 11 announced, I thought, well, fair, fair play to him. I, I understand he was. A, my perception of him was he was on a hiding to nothing. We've had a few questions in from people saying, you know, and yeah. it's easy, the benefit of hindsight, to say, well, he got the team selection wrong because we went there, got battered with our best 11, and, and that makes things even worse now mm. because of the morale and things. It's, it's all well and good saying that now, but I think you put, <laughs> I mean, you put a team of kids out in that environment, you do probably get a lot more heart and, um, and passion from them. I agree, but... Be pretty, if you if you're picking a team before the game, you, you you're basically saying these lads are lambs to the slaughter here. Yeah. Um. Given Liverpool's form, given how we've been anyway, given how there's so little faith in the manager, and I think that's what it boils down to. For me, Matt, I mean, I, I seen Ped's rant, which was absolutely fantastic, full of expletives as well on the <laughs> on Toffee TV. Yeah, and, can't uh, do that on here. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I actually think that's why he's not here today. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, I think cool, he's still yeah. swearing now, um, <laughs> even in his sleep. Um. And I've been trying to get some sort of some sort of cohesive thoughts about it in the aftermath. I mean, first twenty, I agree. I thought Manalas looked really sharp, mm. but for a couple of poor decisions when he got broken to the Liverpool uh, penalty area, or you know, towards that because we only had three touches in it in the end. Um, and I think they all come from Lukaku's yeah. chance when Sacco uh, got to him with that wonderful tackle. Um, other than that, there, there was nothing else really. Uh, body language. Was was just appalling from from all of them. I mean, you look how we finished the game with McCarthy and Bessage playing centre half. I agree with you. I think Liverpool will regret not putting six, seven, eight, nine past us yeah. because it was it was there to be done. Um, and even they started taking it like a, a training regime yeah. towards the end. Um, so I mean, I, I don't I don't understand how. I, I think there's a re- responsibility for players here, and I think this has gone largely unnoticed because of the, the mire that Martinez finds himself in. Mm. But I think there's players there that let themselves down because, okay, have your qualms with the manager, and I certainly hope this is the case tomorrow, and I think it will be, and and, and it's a reason why I think we might show up tomorrow. That's yeah. what I'm clinging to. Um, because they're playing for themselves, uh, and, and it's often a criticism of players that they're playing for themselves, not each other or not the manager. Well, I actually want Everton to do that in this situation <laughs> because it's clear that the manager's on borrowed time, certainly from us as supporters. So I'd like to think with a, with, with a trophy on the line, players will go out and play for themselves. But Wednesday night, the one hope I was clinging to going into the game was we'd have players in that team who were trying to perform to get in the team for Saturday's semi-final. Mm. There was only Manalas who showed any of that uh, for me. Do- and, and and I think and he's been on the fringes of things anyway, so rightly so. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. everybody else, do you they, feel, they've got a responsibility, Matt. Do you feel as though, regardless of what have happened on on Wednesday, say if Morian got suspended, for example, and everyone was was fine. Do you honestly think that performances on Wednesday would have 
altered his team selection for the for the semi final. Because so I I I foresee him having an eleven, which he would have envisaged at the start of the week, or he's probably envisaged a couple of weeks, and that's what he that's what he would do regardless. Because we've seen it before; players have come off the bench and done okay, but they've not been given a chance yeah. in the next game. He seems to be quite set in that way, and something drastic needs to happen for before him to to alter the situation. We've seen it with the, with Tim Howard, didn't we? For, for how long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel so. That's kind of part of the problem as well, in a way that you know. I've seen Michael Ball put a, a tweet out after the game saying, "If I if I was a young player watching them, those senior players in Anfield, not really, well, they were essentially going through the motions." Weren't he? he said, "If I was a young player watching that, I'd be demoralised." Because let's get this right. That's not the first time. These plays have, have coasted through a game. Mm. They think back to the Arsenal match. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it was yeah. exactly the same sort of performance, just going through the motions, not putting tackles in, not closing down. And he, he said, Michael Paul, if I was a young player looking at that and I wasn't getting in the team, I'd be thinking, what, 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 what's the point? What's what am, for me what am, I, what am yeah. I doing here? Yeah. And it, 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 it doesn't send out the right message at all. And it, it was a good chance for me to say, especially after the uh, likes of Connolly came on a Saturday for South, against Southampton, did a good job at right back. That was unsparingly by Martinez. Though. That, yeah. was, that wasn't with an intent to let's showcase these young talents that we've got. That was done almost out of desperation. Obviously, one's due to an injury to Coleman as well. I think he did it because you knew he was playing a weakened team for that Southampton game. Yeah. And he could say, don't look at the weakened team and the performance we've put in. Look at these two young... He, he, actually, yeah. he actually said it after the match, didn't he? He said, this day will be remembered for, for the uh, Tom Davis yeah. and, and Callum Connolly making the debut. Never mind the dreadful performance that was put in and, mm. and, and Southampton completely overwhelming us. Look at this. Look 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 at look look what I've done here. Look how look, I've give these two young lads the debuts. Mm. And Connolly, in fairness, came in, did a good job. He's a natural right back. And instead, we shoehorned a, a left sided player who doesn't look fit into the right back slot. And he you could you could see that's exactly what he what he was on the night. And I just thought Maybe give somebody else a chance to, to, to impress someone with no fear going into a into a derby game, freshen things up a little bit because it's been so stale lately. And it that that was the only disappointment for me in the team selection. But you know, I completely agree with you about about the players as well and the way they approach the game. And what's been so evident this season is that the mentality of the, of this team is so brittle because the amount of times we we've conceded a goal in a game and then immediately. We'll concede one straight afterwards. Mm. I, can, I can think of so many. I'm, I'm not going to rattle them off because I've done it a few times. But the mentality of the side is just so, so, so poor. And you think like, on on Saturday if we concede an early goal, yeah. you don't see you don't see how there's going to be a response. And the other thing I'd mention as well about that is the fitness of the team. I think is appalling. I, I I was not surprised at all when Liverpool came on really strong late on in that half because it's happened so many times mm. this season. We've come out the blocks flying. Had a great twenty-minute spell, and then if we've not scored, it just we just sag into a malaise. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. That's one of the questions we've had tonight. Uh, well, from what you've you've tweeted, the question mm. uh, asking people to get involved on on the show. Uh, Graham H nineteen eighty four says exactly the same thing. We were shattered after twenty minutes. Why is Jerry still so unfit as well? Um, I think there's been underlying concern under mm. Martinez. Yeah, even I mean, it, it, obviously a lot of it for me stems back to. The beginning of last season, after the World Cup, I mean, we were playing lads. Lukaku, I think, and he hadn't even set foot off a plane, and he was wearing an Everton shirt. He was, the, he, he was that knackered, yeah. uh, and we were playing him unfit. Um, and obviously, that that could be used as a big, big part of the excuse of how slow we were to get out the blocks last season. I don't think there's any excuse now for for lack of fitness. No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you do look at Dale Fay, who's one who comes on and he looks like he's blowing chunks after he, he's made the best forwards. 
Um, I, I don't understand what sort of fitness regime we've got in place at the club, but it's making, and, and I think a lot of people made the point, where's the likes of Duncan Ferguson in this? Where is anybody in the backroom staff? It looks unbelievably amateur to me. Um, the, the, the credentials of these lads aren't great anyway because they've only ever experienced, and, and I'm putting a blanket over them here, they've only really experienced lower league football yeah. uh, and obviously with Martinez at Wigan. So, I mean, they're not exactly enriched with experience in the Premier League of how fit players have to, have to work, how to get them at their peak fitness, set them up rightly for games. Um, it, it, it almost looks like they've been left to do that themselves yeah. fitness-wise. And lest we forget... We've had several injury sort of uh, issues when we thought players are fit and they're not. Um, he ends up starting, and then you think, well, what, why is he starting here? Yeah. Obviously, Niasse is a big elephant in the room at the minute as well. Need another um, show for that that transfer one. <laughs> yeah, I think the the best thing is one of the things. Well, after I got through the tears of Wednesday night and the word real tears, believe me. Um, in the aftermath, I was looking at a couple of the funny comments, and I think Dominic King put something for the Daily Mail saying. Uh, Best part of the night for Everton was uh, Umani Asse trying to hit a straight pass to Tom Cleverley, who looked that, amused yeah. at half time. Um, and it's it's it, it's not just us; it's a running joke for now. It's it's the wider wider perception it's of like, Everton. It's like who is this fella? How's he got an Everton shirt on? And where did he come from? It's like Strakovic. You remember he used to watch yeah. him warm up at half time. He, he couldn't strap the ball probably or pass it, and you know, in fairness, that lad, he came on. Had a go. Had a go. Yeah, he used exactly. to work hard, didn't he? But he had a go, and and. He reaped the rewards of that. He scored a winner against yeah. Chelsea. He did a job. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and and <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand where that one come from. But that, that's a bit of a side issue. But the, but the, the whole, the whole fitness thing. I, it's hard to. I, I've, I've tried to get all the stats for the, the sprints and the running. I think somebody's actually asked us about that uh, compared to like the spares and stuff. And there's some numbers earlier in the season saying Gareth Barry's covered more. Was it more ground than any other player, any other player in the Premier yeah. League? But you look at. You look at the the type of running Everton doing games. It's not, it's not with intent on the front foot trying to close teams down. It's just side to side, side to side. I think that's how he tries to set them up. I mean, when I watch us, and particularly in that derby uh, on Wednesday, he I think he goes in with the intent of setting them up to press. Um, I think we've done it. Obviously, nowhere near enough times this season. But I can I can I can remember a few occasions. I think Southampton away was one where. He wanted Lukaku, Barkley, cleverly in particular. As Tony well. did it that day as well. These hundred yeah. impacts, um, and and it was to, to a great effect. I think that might well still be the instruction, but again, obviously fitness plays a part, mm. motivation another now as well. Where you like you quite rightly say players are just running side to side. Um, there's no aside from Barkley, there's no penetration going forward mm. either. When 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 we've got the ball and when we haven't. Um, I, I I just it's 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 an absolute shambles whichever regard you look at the team at the minute, yeah. but that you know if you if you're looking at rebuilding things and, and we need a quick fix for Saturday there's no way yeah. no, no two ways about it and most of the tweets we've had um, following you you asking people to get involved Matt have been asking us why has he not been sacked yet or why has he not left yet um, I think it's plain and simple why he hasn't because of the. Uh, what well, indecision of the hierarchy at the yeah. club, um, and and it was never ever going to happen ever. I mean, I, I still think we could lose at the weekend, and see out the end of the season. And Martinez would still be in charge. Yeah, I still I think agree, that yeah. will happen anyway. Um, 
and and but the, the point people are making, and I think there's real credibility to this argument. Getting rid of him post Anfield, but before the semi final, couldn't hurt morale, could it? Because it, it's not any, it couldn't be any lower. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking, well, if players have lost faith, what wh- why would you keep hold of him? And and what what would what would be the matter in getting rid of him and putting in an Unsworth or whoever Joe Royal, Joe Royal, whoever for like this game, the last few of the season. Not even on a, on an instant basis where you think, hang on, if these win all of these, we'll keep them in charge. Just on the fact of get this fella out the door because he's having too much of a negative effect on the side. It's it's a tough one. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I completely agree. There's no with, benefit in keeping no, him. No, right I now. completely agree with with the tweet we've had saying I will I will get rid of him now because as you say, not only would they I think give a lot of the, the supporters heading down there a little bit of a boost because I think a lot of people have just even. Our fans will go down to Wembley. They'll make a load of noise. They'll be fully behind the team. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. But I think if the club were to take that decision, which they're not going to, because he's had his press conference this morning. You know, he, he talked about the game. I think it would have give everyone a, a, a major boost. And as I said at the start of the show, the players don't look like the the fussed about him anymore. He doesn't seem to have any. Conv- they don't seem to have any belief in the way he wants to play. Barkley slumping off, Baines rolling his eyes. It just it's just not a very good mix at the moment. And I feel as though if, if if somebody else did come in, a fresh voice in the dressing room, say someone like Royal, who, who's, who's been there and, and, and won the Cup of Everton, and just put some little fresh ideas. Obviously, you can't rip it up and start again at this point, Just but just give some fresh ideas across, give some little bit of motivation, because at the moment, he doesn't look like a man capable of, of, of motivating anybody. I watched his press conference this morning, and usually... When he does talk, you can tell he's got a belief and, and a conviction in what he's saying. Yeah, you can't deny him that. I, yeah, I, I but, do believe that. Yeah. But this morning when I watched them, I thought he doesn't look like he, believe, he believes what he's saying himself. There, he looks as though he's lost all all faith in his own his own ideologies. And, and standing on the sideline at Anfield with his arms folded tight, that look on his face, you just think there's there's nothing down for you here now. It, it's it's beyond being be able to. His resignation wasn't it, it was. Yeah, he looks so solemn and. And that in itself, I think, obviously it's not going to happen now, is it? So, But, um, you know, it, I think if he can somehow mastermind this on, on Saturday, it will probably be his, uh, his, his biggest managerial achievement to date because the club and the players now are just going to be so low-headed into this game and obviously we've got all the uh, the issues with the injuries as well. Mm. Well, the, this is the thing, and I, and I don't want to put anyone on it, but you're already, everyone listening to this is going to be on a massive down at the minute anyway, but the, the, the point I'd make is, when he walked into work yesterday morning, following Wednesday night, I I can't even comprehend what the atmosphere would be like when he goes and even says hello, good morning, whatever it is he does, the routine mm. he has going into Finch Farm. I don't know how he looks anyone in the eye going in going into Finch Farm. Yeah. Um. And from that point of view, I think I, 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 part of me prays so much that Phil Jagielka is fit for this and Gareth Barry's fit for this because. They for me are the interim managers at Everton at the minute because it's almost like there needs to be an ignorance of what is going on on the touchline. And many people again will point to player attitudes and things like that. Yes, they do have a responsibility, and and that's what I'm calling on them to do now. Them them to be the ones that see us through on on Saturday or certainly see us to no humiliation yeah. against Man United because clearly the manager is far beyond any any sort of. Any way back for me. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, if he goes on and wins the FA Cup, there's, people are saying, "Well, how can you sack a man who does that?" Well, quite easily, mate, because it, it's 
it's not it's not so much the form four wins in twenty one whatever it, or, or seventeen points from fifty one at home our worst record in one hundred and thirty eight years they're standalone things to sack yeah. him anyway the, the the thing for me is the manner in which we're playing at the moment no belief in what that man's doing um, if there was if you take for instance look at Norwich at the bottom uh, look at uh, Newcastle look at Sunderland all fighting for their lives getting horrendous results all the time in the majority. Hmm. But players are still believing in what their manager's doing. Benitez, players are up for it. Look at Sissoko, he's given the armband to lately. Looks like a man possessed. Yeah. You know, you look at Sunderland, Jermaine Defoe, you've got average, awful players, even given the heart for Sunderland, given the heart for Norwich. Poor squads, poor sides. Teams above us with worse squads yeah. than us doing exactly the same. There's none of that existence it, it, in, in existence at Everton, and, and, that, and that's the heartbreaking thing. So. It, it it's literally a case of going through the motions with this fella. I was, I was talking to somebody in the week after the derby and I was saying <coughs> we look like a, a taste of difference, Aston Villa. You know, in that's the, right, yeah. In the yeah. sense that you know their players look like well, they, they have given up, haven't they? they you know, they, they're not no cohesion in the way they're playing. Don't look fussed about the manager for a long time, and they've just sunk like a stone. Mm. And I think there's a lot of of similarities between Everton and the, and the way Villa have been doubt. playing this season. But we've just got a bit better players, so we can sometimes just grind our way through yeah. games, get to get draws against Southampton, go to Watford and Palace, mm. and, and and grind out results as well. So the court, you've got to take the cup and the league as two completely separate yeah. entities. Winning a cup, I think. I think we said actually said this the other week. If, if Everton start start the season, we would have both said, yeah, mid table finish in a cup would be great. But it's the way, it's the way we've played. Yeah, and the amount of setbacks that they've had this season, you think of Bournemouth, you think of Chelsea, Stoke at home, all these games, and there's been so many of them this season now, which have just been massive, massive blows, to, to not only to us, but I imagine to a lot of the players as well and, and their development. Mm. And winning a cup is not the answer though for them. That's not if, if you win a cup, it'll be great for a, a couple of days, but in terms of long-term progression and the way you're going to move forward as a football club, that's not going to do anything mm. for it. They're completely separate issues. And I would thank him and I'll shake his hand at half seven on the Saturday night and say thanks very much, Roberto. But we're going to move forward to somebody yeah. else now. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I couldn't agree more with you. Um, just going back to some of the Twitter questions we've mm. had, Graham again has been in touch and another excellent question. Why are our young players not improving either? Stones and Barkley are struggling. I think you take Stones as a, as a case in point here, and mm. I think you can make an example of. Um, of Stones' performances and how they deteriorated under Martinez. Um, as you can probably see, that that's a reflection of how Martinez's management's gone. Uh, you look at a lad who come in, set the house on fire, absolutely mm. fantastic watching him play. And let, let's be honest, nobody ever really takes great joy in watching centre-halves do what they do because it's not yeah. the entertaining side of the game. It, you know, Everyone loves a crunching tackle, but that's about it, really, if we're, if we're to be honest with ourselves. But you enjoyed watching John Stones play. When he got the ball, he brought it out. So calm, so cool. Incredibly gifted young man. Uh, and then you look at what he did, not even in the goals on, on, on Wednesday, which he, he, he has his part to play mm. in each of them, the, the, where he doesn't even jump next to a big, he's, he's bad enough. Uh, the fact that he goes off with stomach cramping, inverted commas, I just think the lad's had <laughs> enough. I've got to be honest there. But the one thing for me was um, the twice Lallana got in, breaking the offside trap. I mean, John Stones has Lalana in front of his eye line yeah. when he steps up. It's 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 neglect more than anything. He knows John Stones steps up, puts his hand up. I mean, you see tight calls, but 
Matt going out quicker. He, yeah. He's he's sort of preempted. Well, he's going to he's, he's he's through. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not even the 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 decent thing to do would have been not step up and just stick with him and yeah. try and run and keep up with him. He steps up in in an almost shrug of the shoulders, lift me arms. What's going on? What's going on here? Um, and it, it again epitomizes the attitude around at the moment. And I I, I feel sorry for him. And, and normally we'd be giving a player like that down, both battles yeah. for, for for such a, an inept performance and such a lack of responsibility. But I actually feel sorry for him for. How he's been allowed, which should have been just a bit of a, a trough in in his sort of form, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it should have been a little bit of a a downtime for him when he niggling injury. Which come every, out the side. Every, happens to every young player. Absolutely, it, yeah. happens to every player. Uh, yeah. You know, you come out five or six games, maybe a little niggling injury, little knock. Yeah, John, just have a few days off, go on holiday for a few days, whatever you want. Come back reinvigorated, bang back in the side. Uh, it was a prolonged spell in the end before he got back in the side because he was on the bench. Mm. Um, when he come back in, there was no real change to the Malay we seen him in beforehand. And again, that's indicative of how this man management, which Martinez was praised for in his first season, yeah. has got out of control because he's blatantly a lad that needs coaching. I don't think he is being man managed at all. No, it's, no, it's, not it's, at all. He's left to his own devices. Completely agree. Do you know what? When he first when he first came onto the scene, the whole. The whole ball playing thing, and and everyone used to say, you know, oh, we need to curtail that. But I I thought that was he had it. I thought he had it right then. I think he had the balance quite quite good. I think that was the side of the game which sort of came naturally to him. And when he obviously when he first came into the team as a centre half, he just focused on his defending a lot more. And even though I think there were times, I think that he do, when he first came onto the scene, I think that you could see that the way areas of his defending he did need to improve on. The ball playing thing was great. It came naturally to him. But there were areas of his game where you thought, a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and this lad will be the real deal. And what's, it's like that defensive side of his game. It's just been left. It's just been left to see what, what's going to happen to it. It's not been nurtured. It's not been refined. He's had no coaching in it. And and all you ever hear about Martin is talking about whenever he, he, he's asked about John Stones or after the game pre-match is how good he is on the ball mm. and it seems that the managers just try to build more on that side of his game Absolutely. instead of looking at the areas where he doesn't need to improve and, and focus defensively he's just he's just put, pushed more emphasis on the ball playing side of it and he's just been left to go and go and go further and you think back to the um, when he was doing turns in his own box against Tottenham early in the season people to calm down. and yeah, telling people to calm down the manager should have got a grip of him and said listen yeah that's not good. There's that. There's a time and a place yeah. for doing that, and that is not it. But you feel as though Martinus would have encouraged them to do that exactly. even more. Well, it brings me on to to our next point quite conveniently, which for me is uh, the, the the unbelievably unbelievable lack of self discipline, not self discipline, team discipline yeah. in in this in this squad of players. I don't. I think it's completely non-existent. Uh, you go back to um, when Morales. The penalty fiasco against West Brom last year, um, and I made a point in saying at the time, when did, when would that ever happen under Moyes? Um, I look at the, the complete lack of control uh, amongst players, leadership, everything that was evident on Wednesday night, you would not have got under David Moyes. And I'm not champion David Moyes here. This isn't this isn't a loving by by any means, um, but the one thing that the man sort of pervade to everybody when he was in charge at Everton was discipline and 
he controlled yep. what went on. Um, it, it was it was militant almost, almost almost too much so in many ways. A lot of people would say, "Why don't you let the likes of Barkley have a, a little bit of freedom when when he when we were under Moyes?" And, and to to a degree, I think that's where Martinez did well initially as Everton manager. He allowed that sort of creative freedom. He allowed th- people to express themselves. Where obviously Moyes ran a tight ship, yep. but again, Matt, it's gone completely the other way. It's like. Nobody's got control on these players. Nobody's got got the reins on them. You know, you've got Baines coming out making that sort of statement. Completely right what he said, but he wouldn't have been allowed to do it mm. under different managers. And uh, again, the discipline is is another damning um, piece of evidence against Martinez. Well, the Mori tackle just sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it completely sums that up. He's just lost his head, gone in there, got himself sent off, and left. You know, basically threw his team under mm. the bus there. And you're right, you feel as though sometimes, I think, I think it might have been you who made this comparison actually, Dave, earlier in the season. He's like he's like a, a parent sitting down and just letting the kids run around the yeah. restaurant. You know, you know, it's, like, it's like when you see someone sitting on the phone and all the kids are legging it around and you're thinking... And, it's don't, a, and they go, don't need, do that. But need, it's the most half-hearted yeah, effort. You, it's like, you need to get a grip of these. Yeah. Get, you know, why, why are they legging it around here doing everyone's head in? And it's just, it's just, just <laughs> let it go on. And you feel like that's what he must be like in training. Uh, it, yeah. I feel as if... The, the, like he said about Funes Mori today in his press conference, do you feel as though there'll be any major repercussions for him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because the the excuse and the, the thing being fed to him is probably, oh, it's a, maybe a bit of a culture thing and what's he coming off kissing the badge for mm. or whatever it was he was doing. But the, He's trying to be Duncan Ferguson. I, I, I think there wouldn't have been any sort of repercussions for him after the game. There wouldn't have been, you know, you've let the club down here, mate. Mm. There almost would have been an ignorance to it. No, they wouldn't have, obviously wouldn't have praised the lads, but there wouldn't have been a, a sense of you've done wrong there, and 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 that's typified in the fact that Maury's come out himself, never never made yeah. that that apology to the club. He come out and put it on his own Twitter account. And you, you've, even in the after match interview, it seems as though Martin has head isn't to say <laughs> yeah. it was a red card. He should have been sent yeah. off. He I've kind seen of, yellow cards given. Yeah, that he kind stuff. of talked his way around it. Don't forget, this was a fellow who he signed, yeah. and one of the main reasons he signed for it, signed him was saying. He's got experience in, in Boca River. He's played in the Copa Libertadores. Yeah. He's experienced in big games. And you're thinking, he doesn't look he's, nah, he's no. experienced anymore. But he, he's another one, I think, Maury. If you, if you look at the way he's playing recently, and when he when he first came to the club, and he came into the team initially, he was a little bit rough around the edges. But I remember him having a few good games. I think in, in the Merseyside derby at Goodison, especially, he thought he yeah, played he really was, well. Was, yeah. And what I liked about him when he first came in was he just did the basics well. He was good in the air. He got tighter players. Cleared the ball away when, when, um, whenever it was needed. But you look at him now, and, and you think back to, I think back to that Southampton game when he, he brought the ball out on half time and lost it, and they had a few corners mm. and hit the post. You think back to the Arsenal game when he tried to do the same, yeah. carry it out. They knocked it down at the line and scored. And you're getting those little things creeping into his game now, where it's as if Martinez is saying to him, "Stop playing out from the back a little bit more. Carry the ball forward. Try and play shorter passes." And you can start. You're starting to see. The impression of the manager on his game as well. We had some uh, funny questions come in as well, Matt. Next season's home kit sock colour and what cereal do you all eat? <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I'd actually like us to revert back to the socks we had last season. I like the darker ones. I don't like us wearing white. I remember those. Um, remember the black and blue striped ones. Yeah, that, they that, were that, great. Ninety-five, yeah. ninety-five, ninety-six. What, what was the other one? Joel cereal. Uh, yeah, what what cereal does Joel eat? Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I, I look at him and think he's not that conventional, so I don't think he's in into shredded wheat or anything. He's like always that. in Armalia in town, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's always <laughs> knocking around there. But I reckon he's a, a Golden Graham's man myself. Yeah, I think he likes a bit of uh, maybe the cinnamon ones as well, yeah. a bit of a 
risk. He's yeah. a, a credit to him. I think he's probably been our best player the last three games. He's probably one of the only ones who could have held yeah. his head up on on Wednesday. Captain's in the game. Mm. Even though we could, maybe could have come off for the, the first one, but I think. Well, I think I think the the problem with him is he's, he's goalie now by default, mm. uh, and and that with it I think comes a lack of expectation from all of us as fans. It's almost like well he's just there because Howard's that poor, mm. um, and and to give credit to him, I completely agree with you. He, he was probably our best player mm. on the night. Made made a couple of really good saves. Uh, even when we were in the game, I thought, is this our night? Mm. Do you know when he's made that one on one save against Alana twice even. Yeah. Um, but and, and the thing is, it, 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 there's obvious flaws to his game. We don't really need mm. to dwell on them at the moment because things are bad enough. But uh, he, he could have come in for, for the second goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the first one? Sorry, yeah, the first he, one. Yeah, could have come. That ball, that that ball's hanging in the air too long for him to stay on his line. Um, you know, he, he has his flaws. I, st- I still think he'll be a solid number two because yeah. we're, we're obviously going to go and get a keeper in the summer. I think it's it's funny, isn't it? Because you think back to I remember when I first started doing this show at the start of last season, and we were talking about the, the whole Tim Howard situation, and we, we always used to say, if you can't see this situation, the manager, and I think we none of us really wanted yeah. none of us wanted them out at this point. Did we? We, we were all kind of mm. thinking that that second season was a blip. And we, I yeah. remember we all used to say, if you can't see this situation with the goalkeeper, what else? What else can he exactly. see behind the scene? And gradually, you're starting to see more and more things which are coming through, and 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 that, that Tim Howard thing at the time when we thought it might have been an anomaly, it seems as though it's one of many flaws now, doesn't Definitely. it? Definitely. Um, Tom Kennedy got in touch. He said, "How sacking him tomorrow?" This EE posted this on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. How sacking him tomorrow might actually give us a chance in the semi. We discussed that a little bit earlier yeah. before. Uh, what else have we got? Let's scroll through these. Who should be our next realistic long-term manager, and why? That's from. Ian, well, Toffee Boy, but his Twitter is at Ian S. Penny, I think. Or yeah. Spenny, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, cheers for that, Ian. What about Long term Mar- manager. What about Mourinho, Dave? Um, <laughs> I've seen you saying it's never going to happen last well, week. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I probably did. A, a, a lot of people uh, got got the collars up over it, but I said he probably doesn't even know whoever. Nah, maybe that's. Yeah. Uh, I was going a little bit far at the time, but I was emotional. Um, I'd at least like to see us go for him, though. I would be happy. If come the end of the summer, or come the end, of, whenever we decide to appoint a manager and he's sitting there in the job, I would be perfectly happy if we've reading loads of stories in the Echo or wherever saying Everton rebuffed when approaching Mourinho, mm. when approaching Simeone, when approaching Hiddink, when approaching Pellegrini. Mm. You know, Everton scuppered in those deals um, for whatever reason. You yeah. can perfectly understand why they wouldn't want to take us, given the fact that we probably will finish 16th yeah. uh, and not going to win a trophy. We're, we're not in the sort of prime position. The, the the stock's probably at its lowest at the minute yeah. and it has been for a while. I can understand that. Um, that being said, I still think we're an incredibly attractive proposition for any manager to sort of think, I, agree, I, can, yeah. I can do something here. You look at the the the, the talent we've got squad-wise, um, which is, again, a, a big criticism from many, saying it's a bit of a myth, Jamie Carragher being one. Um, but I still think there's talent there to work with. If you're if you're if you're a manager with ambition, you think, yeah, I could I, I could see myself doing something with this side, yeah. given the added incentive of, of funds from uh, Mr. Mashiri as well. Then you know I, I think Everton had a decent proposition. Saying that, um, I, I think the, the usual suspects that people have, have sort of lauded. I've been a massive fan of Ronald Koeman for a long yeah, time. I, was say. Uh, I, I think he, in in terms of a manager who will get not an instant impact but the quickest of impacts 
given the fact that the transition for the players that are already there now wouldn't be that different mm. to the sort of thing that Martinez wants to, to purvey on the squad. I think you've got a manager who prides himself on attacking football, keeps it on the floor. I think those sorts of principles are instilled but in Everton. The, they're defensively sound as well, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the, that's the big thing, Matt. I think he, he, he's a balanced side. Southampton, a really good side to watch. Um, he went and invested in Van Dijk, who I think has been really good for yeah. him. Again, he has almost what you'd expect Mori to be when, when he's on song. He, mm-hmm. He's as a bit of a cavalier few minutes, but you know, generally a quite a solid defender. Obviously, Font's been brilliant since he's been in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, he, Bertrand and formerly Klein, who went to Liverpool, you know, he sorted out a solid back four. You can see similarities between that and Everton's and him getting them sorted and prioritising and coaching that defence. The other thing about him as well is he's lost big players. And you think, if Everton are going to lose Lukaku this summer, they're yeah. lose John Stones this summer, and they go and get someone like him who's shown that he can go and recruit and he's got an eye for a player and he can integrate them into a, into a side and keep them improving and keep them moving forward. And what the other thing I, I'd like about him is as well, he was a player, he won the European Cup, yeah, scored in big yep. games. And you're thinking, that's that's the time type of character I, I want. I have someone who's... Gone and won things as a player, and the, the lads in the dressing room were looking. Go, I either you know, mm. God, this this fella coming in and managing us. I want I want to play for him, or somebody's done it as a manager. I think Ped's been championing uh, Unai Emery from Sevilla. I yeah. think he'd be a good appointment. The uh, Boar as well. I think from Ajax he'd be a good a good mm. appointment. And you look at the backroom staff he's got there. The likes of Dennis Bergkamp, you know, all, all these great yeah. players who you can played set up for a lineage there, can't you? Exactly. And I think what what he's done at Ajax as well is not only won cups, but he's brought young players through as well. And I think that's something that Everton always should be looking to do in the side. But there's no, there's no real standout candidate to see, no. to see which is nice, I think, yeah. in a way, because I mean, Martinez was sort of the given option, wasn't he? When he came in, it was like, well, okay, yeah, he's won an FA Cup. It's almost like Ken Wright went, well, that'll do for me. Because mm. he, he seems to have a fixation on this trophy. And also, you know, he he was the easy option. He was cheap. Um, he was a man synonymous with a club that had a great relationship with its chairman. He was everything that Bill Kenwright would want, yeah. I would imagine, in a tailor-made manager to follow Moyes. Now I think it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, obviously we're jumping the gun here a little bit. Because <laughs> Matt, Matt, we could yeah. be probably sitting in in August, Matt, and Matt yeah. is still the manager, knowing, knowing the way Everton run. But... Um, it, it, I think it's exciting prospect thinking there's a blank canvas there let's go and paint it with somebody who's a winner I think you immediately given the circumstance cross the likes of Eddie Howe off the list uh, as, as much as I think he's a talented manager yeah. and he may well be the choice four or five years down the line him um, any young and up and comers I mean I think I see Mark Warburton mentioned from, from Rangers I mean it, no, okay he did a good me, no. job at Brentford and I feel I, I feel sympathy in the fact that he's not he wouldn't ever be a fashionable choice. Fell off down south, do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he, he you know Cockney rebel type. Do you know the, what I mean? The, the club needs to change its outlook on yeah. in this. What whatever to need is to lift standards everywhere. And you're thinking with this investment coming in, that's that's got to happen now. And it's got to, the most important place for it to happen is when you get a manager in, someone who's going to be the figure heavier football club, someone who's going to be working with the players every single day. Mm. And if you've got someone who's proven quality in there. Not an up-and-comer who might go on to be proven quality, who demands the players win, who knows what it takes to win, then that will just transcend and, and, and see through the whole football club then. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what they, they should be looking at going forward. Yeah, spot on. Um, next question. Do you, oh, sorry, the other one I want to throw in the, in the hat because I, I checked with the bookies. Moise's favourite, yeah. which should have the thought. Um, and it, Well, in fact, just, just on that, Moise... 
you you wouldn't want to go back no. um, to, to that at all. Uh, you know, I've seen people saying we'll throw him in till the end of the season and see what he can do. I don't think this. I don't think there's any sense in in, in getting Moyes in, on any sort of way, shape, or form back involved with Everton at all. No, I think that there's been a lot of revisionism about him since he mm. left. I think in terms of the, the style of football that was played, etc. And I think yeah. he, he's viewed upon probably quite harshly in terms of what he actually Absolutely. did in the end. I yeah. think it was the right time for him to go when he did, but. You look back at it, what he's done, what he did when he was at the club, and I think a lot of fans have, have revised their opinion of him a little mm. bit too harshly. But no, I think it's time for, for someone else to come in. I think if, if Moyes came in, it would just be everyone quickly settle back into the same routine, and it'll be like, yeah, where's this football club going again? It's just going to be the same thing repeated, building it up, mm. not quite getting there. And I think I think we need to aim a little bit higher. Um, the future at the future is blue. Willsey has got in touch. He says again, and a really really good point. How how about you talk about why we can't compete in the air because we're a team full of midgets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we, are we? It's <laughs> going to be even more prominent on the at the semi final. <laughs> Just now, a bit. I was speaking with Steve this morning on uh, on the breakfast show and asking about the team that the, the United still playing, and I, I said Marouane Fellaini will hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent start this game because yeah. even though United have got you know probably better technical players, more glamorous players. He, he's no Mug Van Gaal. He's had a lot of stick this season, but he's been around the game and he will know Everton is so vulnerable from crosses. And it'll be absolutely no surprise to me whatsoever if he just put him in behind uh, Rashford and said, get crosses into the box yeah. as much as you can. But the reason that they're not good at heading the ball away in crosses, I imagine, is because they don't work on it. I, I, I can't see. You know, This is something that Everton used to be quite good at under David Moyes. He used to block crosses, he used to win headers. But now, crosses come into the box easily and they're just not challenged. I mean, John Stones on that on that first goal at Anfield, he has a centre back who should be heading the ball away, not getting off the ground in that situation. Should be a little bit of a shame to himself, really. That was really, really poor. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a difference between a lack of height in your side and how how good people are in mm. the air. I mean, I asked Tim Kay, exactly, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, just because you're short doesn't mean you can't be really good in the air. Mm. And I think that's probably the lesson that needs to be learned and heeded from Wednesday nights the battle. Um, you know, you you've got John Stones, who's over six foot tall. I don't think he's particularly strong in the air. Whereas no. you you've you've got, I don't know off the top of my head, a player perhaps like Gareth Barry, James McCarthy, who are decent mm. in the air, but smaller than John Stones. I think it's about position. It's it's a positional play. You don't let your man you don't let your man get a run on you. Yeah. Um. You make sure you're not flat footed. You make sure you're not square. All those sorts of basics, I presume, will be taught. By when you're getting coached at the age of eight, nine, ten years old, um, so I don't think it's necessarily a problem with height, just just the way we don't, we adopt. Attack, don't attack the ball, do we? We've got no, no players who attack the ball. No, so there's Maury, I think Maury's aggressive in the air, he's but, aggressive style of play, but, anyway, but in the opposition box, not really in ours. No, he doesn't no. seem to want to head the ball away, he's, he's quite happy to score the goals at the other end, yeah. but he doesn't seem to want to attack the ball in a when defending. I think, I think the player who actually wins the most headers for us defensively is probably Ross Barkley on the near post, yeah. he heads a lot, of, a, a lot away, but. In the box, no. Even Stones, mm. he doesn't 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 like to attack the ball. And that's he? what you need a keeper to compensate exactly. by, by clearing the house. And uh, unfortunately, Robles doesn't look like that type. But we'll, we'll, remains to be seen. Um, we'll round up last ten minutes, Matt, talking about the semi final. Um, and sadly, I can't see an eventuality where tomorrow night I'm 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 celebrating. Mm. And and I say that because I know we're capable of winning the game because United aren't great and. I still think I'm still clinging on to the hope that there's someone in that dressing room who can get a grip of everybody and and get them to sort this out yeah. short term 
uh, a, a, a quick fix. But the thing that, that gets me is the way things are, the way things are feeling. Now, can you actually imagine celebrating tomorrow night? I mean, it's still... It 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 feels really weird for me at this moment yeah. in time thinking, oh, I'm I'm just going hell for leather on the ale down down in London having the time <laughs> of my life when this is still going on and we're exactly. sitting here talking about this. Yeah. So, I, what, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't think even if we won, I, I I'd still have to take it in context, I, and and I need to get shift my mindset from that. I need to shift my mindset from, yeah, we've won this, but I still want him out but, and he's still doing me editing and I'm still annoyed. I think I need to separate. I think we all do going down yeah. there to support the lads anyway, but I, I, I don't see that eventuality playing out. If you're on that ground at half seven tomorrow and we've won, you'll be, uh, yeah, you'll, I know, you'll be, you'll be going, you'll, you'll be, you know, I, I, I'm it's the preconception. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's 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 kind of similar to what I was talking about before in terms of the the eventuality. Say if we won the cup and then you you'd be made up for a bit and then you think, oh, actually, going forward, we're not we're not in that great shape to be yeah. honest, but. It's going to take something extraordinary for us to win tomorrow. I think it's um, in terms of the mentality of the players is going to be shot after Wednesday. They physically they don't look sharp at all. They look very sluggish. As you said about the manager, he doesn't seem to have the he doesn't seem to have the attention of the players. And you're thinking with the injuries as well and the suspensions we've got at the back, it's going to be a makeshift side. United playing functional football, they're grinding out results. They've beat us twice already this season, so there's a lot. Doing everything we want, yeah. we want our side to do. Exactly, there's there's a lot stacked against us on, on Saturday, but you look you look at the cup performances this season, and I think it's going to take a, a display like like the Chelsea one at home, isn't it? It's going to need everybody to be fully on it, snapping around, mm. putting tackles in, and and defending in a compact shape, and trying yeah. to just hope that someone like Lukaku or Ross Barkley, because those two have been really poor recently, haven't they? And and you look at Lukaku the way he's been talking to the media about. Once played Champions League football and he's never he's he's been terrible since then. He yeah. he just seems to have lost all interest. Ross is the same. I, I, I'm probably his biggest fan out there, but he's, he's really tailed off a lot recently. He doesn't really seem to be focused on the game fully when we when we haven't got the ball. And you're just hoping an, an occasion like this, coupled with us maybe defending a lot better, will bring the best out of one of them two plays and they can produce something on mm. on the day that might just swing it our way. But as I said, I think it, it's going to take. It will be a big surprise to me if, if we did get get through and through to the final. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. I think you 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 need that leader, and I know we said this morning that Jagielka's all but out of it. Um, and and there'll be people screaming at the radio or whatever when they're listening to this, mm. saying, "Well, Jagielka hasn't shown any leadership qualities whatsoever anyway, and he might be part of the problem." But if if there's one to pin your hopes on, it will be him as as a captain. And he, um, he can lead with his playing style, can't he? As well, sometimes yeah. he doesn't need to bellow out at people. Robust, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it was like the United away. He was the one you looked at, and he was angry, yeah. and he was running around, and that that is the type of attitude we need. Um, and I I don't think he's going to be fit. Martinez has said as much, but um, he's not really he said. Well, typical of Martinez, the, the bravado that goes with everything. He said that well. You know Phil Jagielka, he'll give it to the last minute type of thing. Well, I don't want him playing if he's nowhere near 100% <laughs> yeah. fit. I know that because we've been there before, haven't we, with, yeah. with Martinez and, and another 4 0 derby. Um, I, I think Gareth Barry is going to be huge for me if he's fit. Um, there's rumours on Twitter saying that yeah, he's out for the season. I, I can't see him playing. Is, yeah. That'll be devastating for us because you, you're looking. I mean, we'll, we'll go for our lineups now. Obviously, Joel and Goal, Baines will play. 
He's recalled Pennington today, yeah. hasn't he, from Barnsley. Stones, probably still on the bench. Stones will probably play when he's sent up. I'll, I'll play Pennington right back. Would you? Yeah. Uh, Oviedo was just so out of his depth there. No. Not for me, <laughs> not for me Dave. Not for me, Dave, no, unfortunately. I love the dismay on your face then. <laughs> Big Tony H come to ruin it all for us. But it's... Um, I'd play Pennington there. I yeah. think... I think I'll play Pennington and I'll play Lennon in front of him because that's where they're going to be attacking yeah. down that, that right-hand side, our right-hand side with Martial, isn't he? He plays out on the left-hand side for them. He's, he's their biggest threat without doubt. And I think he's been, by all accounts, obviously not, not been following him, but he's been playing well for Walsall. I know it's a completely different standard, but I'd rather have a player in there who's been playing in that position. It's consistent. He knows the position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, from what I've seen him, he's, there's nothing flashy about him. He's, a, he's a, just an out-and-out defender. Mm. I think he's more of a centre-half, but he, he's been playing at right-back. I'll put him in there, play that in front of him, give him some protection and just try and shore that side up a little bit. Oh, yeah, that was just not the right no. fit for it. He's too left-footed. He's, 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 not, he's too fly-away for me. And you need someone who's a little bit more robust in that position. Who's your centre-half? <sighs> if Jackie Elk is not fit, I'll... That's the same message for me. Yeah. I think he's probably the only one there. I'm assuming Brendan Galloway's not fit either. He's yeah. just, no, that lad's just disappeared off the face of the earth, hasn't he? I know. But um, Bessic has played there a couple of times with Bosnia relatively recently. Played there for Ferenc Varos when, when he was there. And I think he did okay at Anfield when he came on in that position. Mm. You know, he, when we were under a lot of pressure. So, And he's, he's, he's that type of figure, isn't he? And I think back to um, Liverpool in the... In the the Carnival final there in the season, he played Lucas Lever there, and he did a really good job in yeah. that position. And he's a similar sort of player to Bessic, isn't he? In That's that right, sense, yeah. and I think when United have got runners like Rashford and Martial and Lingard, he's got a bit of pace about him as well. He had to track those runs quite well, so I think he's probably the most natural fit to go alongside Stones, provided Jags can't make it. So obviously that eliminates him from playing what you would think would be mm. a two-man defensive midfield. So you've got McCarthy, who's a shoe in. Um, not on great form, but you know yeah. who is. Um, who do you throw next to? Him? I would play because I mean the, the shouts for Gibson. I will play Darren Gibson. You would I think, yeah. I, um, Grant, you wouldn't be able to make it through the whole game, would he? <coughs> you're getting sixty. You're getting sixty. Yeah, I think that's a given. But I think he's the most similar type of presence you've got to Gareth Barry in there in terms of someone who sees danger quite well gains his old side as well yeah exactly yeah. he's um, he's a player who gets his foot on the ball can ping a pass and he's just got that that big game now so Barham hasn't he's played in big games for Man United he's won, won, won things in the past he's played in a semi-final before for Everton uh, in 2012 and I think just, just that kind of presence in there is something we need we don't want it to be too frantic and just you know, kicking it long yeah. or anything like that. We need to keep the ball and we can and, and, and try and stave off some pressure. Yeah. So I'd have him in that position. I don't know if you agree or, or not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do because, well, obviously for lack, lack of better options, but I think, you know, you've got the incentive of, of him playing against his old club. Mm. Like you say, I mean, he's a he, he's a cultured midfield player um, and had he been fifth for most of his career, probably would have been a mainstay in our sides. Mm. You know, you, you, can't, you can't take that away from him. Um, as much as anything else that's gone on with him over his career with Everton, you can't say that he hasn't been impressive because I don't think he has. I mean, I think he has um, during this time with Everton. So I go along with that. The only thing I was just thinking back to then was you know we talk about Pennington, fullback's going to be key in terms mm. of stopping these crosses that you presume will go into towards Fellaini. Is there an argument to put Lennon right back from the off? I think 
Because then you're looking at I think you lose something yeah. then going forward as well. Yeah, I think he's really good at transitioning and getting us up the pitch. Yeah, almost in a wing back. You, yeah. you, even if he's playing right wing and Pennington's right back, you'd expect to play a wing back role. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't think he will play Pennington. I think he'll be Oviedo, but I just yeah. think it, the more, the more, the more defensively minded we can be on that side, because that's where I see their main threat coming mm. from. So the more defensively minded we can be on that side, protect that part of the defence, think the better for us. And I think Lennon in front of a natural defender who's fit, he's been playing games, would, would be the best bet. Yeah, and so if we're going McCarthy, Gibson, uh, I think Morales has to play. Do you think? I yeah. think he'll be cleverly on, Do you think on so? the left side. Yeah. About cleverly, actually. Mind you, I mean, if he wasn't to play Gibson, cleverly could play that role alongside mm. McCarthy. He did it, mm. he did it at that... Um, he did it at Old Trafford, though, didn't yeah. he, Cleverly? And it didn't really work. No, Jordy's well. still out on Cleverly for me as a yeah, player. I agree, yeah. But I also think that he's been a victim of circumstance in as much as he's been asked to fill in in so many different roles. Mm. Um, almost a victim of his own success, really, because he's a good footballer. I think I, what I've seen, I, I like him. Um, I like what he's about and I like his attributes. Uh, I just think he needs to settle in a position and make it his own. Uh, obviously, he's not going to get the chance no. while we're putting a bit part side together for the semi final. But um, he's he's another that could, that could fill in there cleverly. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd like I, I would like to see Morales because it, if we're going to lose this, I, I want us. I don't want us going out with a whimper. I just think he'll, I, mean? I think he'll do all he can to just protect this this ropey back. If he's nil nil, on, I think Martin is a take nil nil on sixty right now. Without doubt, I yeah. think he take penalties right now. Yeah. If I'm honest, and then you've got. You've got Morales, Delafeo on the bench then to potentially yeah. try and swing so it for going, you. You're going cleverly, Barkley. I think he'll go cleverly on the left side. Yeah, I think, as I say, I just think he'll try and do as much as he can to protect the back line, which is going to be <clears throat> it's either going to have players who have not played together there before, or it's going to have players who aren't fully fit in it, isn't it? So he mm. needs to be protecting. I think cleverly, although he's not the best going forward on the left hand side, he knows how to tuck in. He can get around the pitch very well. You can give Baines cover on that flank as well. I think we just looked a lot more pragmatic when he's in the side and he's been playing on that left wing. And then you've got Barkley and Lukaku then just to try and do some damage going forward. Yeah. And, and, and it gives them a little bit more freedom as well in that sense. Just I just hope, I mean, one of the things that we didn't touch on about the derby, but one of the points I actually forgot to make at the start was the space we afforded Liverpool was quite frightening. And it wasn't because they were getting behind our midfield, it's because they were in yeah. front of them and our midfield were dropping to the edge of our box. Yeah. Which is ultimately what culminated in, in um, Alana getting those chances because Stones is that far back because our midfield sitting on his knee. Um, <laughs> I think that midfield needs to stay high and for the reason of getting somebody close to Lukaku because he was unbelievably isolated before Mordi's red card against Liverpool, I think. Barkley needs to stay halfway line, even when we're defending. Yeah, stay. He needs to be staying close to him, doesn't he? Yeah. He needs to. He needs to get up with him. I've seen a. I've seen a funny stat actually. He couldn't help but laugh at it. Lukaku in the second half against Liverpool completed seven passes in the second half, and three of them were from the kickoff. No. Yeah. So that that's just. You need granted we had ten men for the the entire thing, the entire time, but that just shows how isolated he he was, doesn't it? And mm. his best form this season is when people like Kone or Ross or Delafeu have got around them and helped them. And on that big pitch, if you just if you just hoofing it clear to him, there's no one near him. Smallen and Blinder played well against them this season in the two games that we, yeah. we've had against them. So he needs to be sort supported, and, and that and that's where you want, you want Ross. You know, he's, mm-hmm. I think he's had a really good season. He's held off a lot a lot recently, but this is where you want your big players. You know, your lo- your local lads to step up on the day and deliver mm-hmm. for you. Well, th- th- that's the thing with Lukaku. It's an interesting point you make about Blind against them. Mm. Because I was licking my lips when I saw that matchup at Old yeah. Trafford and Blinds played him off the park, really. Uh, hopefully, 
Lukaku's learned that he needs to get physical with him. Yeah. Basically, I mean. Oh, it's Blin- only one winner, tight. isn't it? Yeah. Well, the thing is, when when a defender's quite quite slow and he's obviously a lot slower than Lukaku, they tend to give you a couple of yards. But Blin played them completely different to what obviously Lukaku was expecting yeah. and got touched tight yeah. to him and and was really really good. So, I mean, it's it's probably a dangerous tactic from their point of view, but he'll be probably looking to do the same yeah. again with the success he had at Old Trafford. I think if 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 Rom gets a little bit of intelligence into his game there and thinks how, how else can I get sort of outwit this lad, yeah. then he could have success against them. So I'm sort of banking on that yeah. um, to be to be where we get some chances. Who, who do you think the the one player is going to be that's going to be key for us to could, could potentially turn it in our favour tomorrow? I I think I think it's Ross. Um, mm. I I think. We've got a lot depending on it. Was, it was evident on Wednesday as well that there was a lot riding on him. Um, and it wasn't that he didn't perform. I just think he got very few chances, very few chances on the ball. But the important thing for what I took from Wednesday night, and a lot of people disagree with me, was the intent was there for him to get forward. Mm. Every single time we broke, every single time we got the ball, he was busting a gut to get up the pitch. Um, and I want to see that. I want to see him running at Blind and Smalling because he's quicker than them both. Yeah. If he takes him down either channel, you're looking for him to pull it back to Rom in, in the middle of the box and and, and score goals. Um, I think I think he's the man for us to do. I also think Adam Lennon can have a big impact if he's yeah. given the creative freedom. Obviously, that's dependent on who plays right back. He's the key man for me. I think Lennon as well. Yeah. I think uh, going forward and defensively, he's got a big job to do in the game. Yeah. And I think I think their left backs, United's left back solutions are not really. Completely good at the moment. Obviously, Shaw's been out injured. Yeah. Darmian played there, I think, in midweek, who's more right, of yeah. a, a natural right natural right back, isn't he? So, mm. if that's an area where he, we can get at him and, and, and you know get balls into the box of Lukaku, then that's somewhere we could we could potentially hurt them. But I just I just love to see Barkley scoring in front of our fans. You know, oh. in, the, in the second half, everyone going mad. But you know, <clears> that's, that's what I'm clinging to, Dave. I'm going to try and yeah. finish on a positive note. Well, yeah. I, I said I said this to again the lads on the Anfield wrap the other night. I, I'm convinced. There's a Ross Barkley derby somewhere. Oh, there will so be. So yeah. I'm, I'm also equally convinced there's a Ross Barkley semi final mm. as well, and I'm praying it's going <laughs> on Saturday. Praying there'll be a final uh, as well. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, I mean, as much as you can, all of us, we're going to enjoy our day no matter yeah. what. Um, a lot of us are thinking it's probably going to be one day out at Wembley, but you know we've got to go there with belief to be get behind the lads. Forget Martinez if you can. I suppose is the message yeah. that I'm, I'm. I'm going to sort of get out there. I mean, try and just remember that these lads are playing for you. Uh, they need our support now more than ever. So I mean, I've got no no doubt our fans will be fully yeah, absolutely fully behind everyone tomorrow. Yeah, and just uh, hope everyone has a good day and, and you know enjoys it. And hopefully we're going back next May for yeah. the uh, for the final as well. I won't ask for predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go that far for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. We're, we're to finish on a positive note. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, uh, this has been the Blue Room. Matt Jones, Dave Downey. Uh, we'll be back with a post Wembley, hopefully, celebratory podcast soon. I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to us, and, and I hope you enjoy ev- each and every one of you enjoys your trip down to Wembley. I know I'm going to try my best to. Come on, you Blues. <laughs>